Good afternoon and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Holimide Balogun. I am the host of the Life Does Not Stop podcast. Um, and I would like to welcome everybody to this wonderful and magnificent show where we come together as not only Africans, but as also as African-Americans and we discuss situations that we just fail to discuss in life. Simple things such as culture, language, food, you know, and, and we say food. But, you know, I don't think you've ever had that experience where you've given somebody eon or fufu, pounded jam, whatever you want to call it. And they look at you and they say, ill, without even grasping what the concept of the food is or what it is. You know, so we discuss many different broad varieties of topics within this podcast. And all we ask is for you to just come and take a listen and give your input as well. The community is who we are here to speak to. And we are here to give out the word that the community wants to hear. So please do not hesitate. If there is something that you want us to to play in life, don't stop. Or you want us to discuss about. Or you're too scared to talk about by yourself. And you want to come and join and talk with us. Come and join us on the Life Don't Stop podcast. We will be here for you. We will be willing to talk to you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Again, my name is Olumide Balogun, and I thank you for coming and stopping by to listen to the Life Don't Stop podcast. Have a wonderful remainder of your day, and God bless. Robert, can I cook? Okay. Robert, what, you, what, you, what, you, what can you cook? I think whatever I would feel like it. Well, what's your specialty? Fufu. <laughs> what you serving fufu with? I like it with, uh... I like it with spinach. Do you really be out here cooking fufu? Yeah. It just, I don't, I don't cook that store brand. I, I cook the, uh, salmonella. Uh, whatever the fuck, the yellow one? Oh, really? You really be out here cooking fufu? Holy hell. Okay. Yeah, I don't cook that store, that cassava leaf, or... You know what I'm saying? I don't like that. that the shit you can make in the microwave? Fuck no. Huh. Oh, yeah, nah, I don't I do not do microwavable fufu. Y'all ever, y'all ever, uh... Y'all ever try fufu? Candice and Alonzo? Never try fufu. Never? Candice, how have how we, how we been in the same house and you've never had fufu? People feel like it's bland. Yeah, you know. First of all, for you to sit here and be my friend, how many times have I told you you've only cooked for me once? And as long as we've been friends, it's been two years now. 
And I've got one meal out of my chef friend. Right, He's supposed look, to be eating me. I'm supposed to be his taste tester. And he let me say like, you something. Here you go. And after that, I was like, yeah, you got you got the juice. But I need to see what else you can do. And I haven't seen nothing else. But realistically, you, you moved you move to deal. West Bumblefuck. But it doesn't matter. You're supposed to be like, hey, today's the day I'm going to make you make a meal. I need you to try for my business. You know, I'm going to make a little, I'm going to write up the recipe. I'm going to write up the recipes. I'm going to write up the And then I need you to come, you know, try it out and let me know if I need to change anything. And then boom, I was in right there because, you know, I support my friends' businesses, especially cooking ones. Uh, so if I start up my cooking business back up, y'all gonna support me? I need you said to, what? I said uh, if yeah. I start my business back up. Is that up, a trick question? Y'all gonna support my business? Is that a trick question? No, it's a real question. Y'all gonna support my business? Because I've been thinking about starting Crave Substances back up. Uh, and getting some, like, recipes out there. Seasonings and spices, selling them online. You should have been been on YouTube, Chef. O, it's not even YouTube. What's popping? Oh well, yeah. Nah, I can't do YouTube. I gotta have somebody record me. I Multiple sources of income. Hello. I'm working on that. Aren't we all working on that? Just about. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I got what. I'm working on podcasts, casts, plural, not singular. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then I'm trying, I'm trying to get into some. Uh, I'm trying to get into some work for Google. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they do these free classes online that teach you how to be like project managers and whatnot. So. I've been looking at these Google's little project magic management classes. You know, just just trying to to step out of my usuals and try something new, at least. Okay. So let's get this conversation going. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls, and children of all ages. Um, welcome to a lovely episode of Life Don't Stop where in this season we'll be discussing relationships. That's what essentially what the first season is about. Um, we've had the conversation about dating with kids. We've had the conversation of, you know, dating with and without parents. Um, so on the aspect of relationships, what are other crucial relationships or aspects of relationships that people typically neglect and don't talk about that are crucial in everyday life? Oh yeah! Don't everybody got to speak at the same time? Because if you ask me, I'm talking about I, I throw I throw animal love out there because I love me my dog. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think people appreciate animal lives like that and the relationship people have with animals. Because when I had to let my dog go, when I had to let my dog go, I cried. Boy, I cried like a baby. I cried. All right, I'm done. So essential relationships. Oh, okay. So I said, aside from the the conversations that we've already had about um, relationships in the past, 
What are other aspects of relationships that are crucial in our everyday life that we typically neglect or we think that are not so important? Um, like, for example, for me, um, I, 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 as an African, you know, we don't really do animals. Um, but once I got a dog, that kind of changed everything for me because it, it, I never knew that I could love another being aside from myself and my family so much. And once I had to let go of that dog, it was just like, man, this is the worst relationship or this is the worst feeling I've ever had. You know, I'd hate to ever go through something like this again. So what are other, you know, essential relationships that we don't really talk about in society? Not everybody has to speak at the same time. My bad, I was caring. Uh, it really depends. Uh, maybe family. About? Yeah, I'm like family, like your parents, it's, your I'm not sisters, trying to. That's what you mean. I'm not trying to. Tell, I'm not trying to steer us in a specific direction. I want you guys to kind of steer the conversation. So, what kind of relationships are essential that we don't really talk about? Like, um. How do y'all feel about being a sister wife? Like, would it be something that you would ever consider? Like, do you think that a polyamorous relationship or having that other other partner is something that, you know, we as society should think about? Or like, you let me know. First of all, you have to be able to, they have, they have to be open-minded to that. But, in America, there's a lot of open-mindedness. You know, given that you have LGBTQIA plus minus divided by, multiplied by, you know, you have that whole spectrum. You have people that are now more open to being in open relationships or polyamorous, or, you know, polygamous relationships. So is this something that, like, more people should consider? I mean, it all depends on the person. Like, if they, if that's what they're, like, they're into, they're open-minded to, then yeah. But you also have to think, there's not a lot of people who's going to be op uh, open and honest, like, for real, for real about it. So. Why not? What's the harm? What, what do you think the harm in polyamorous relationships is? I don't think there's a harm, but most, most people aren't are open-minded to even uh be like yeah let me let me let me try this polyamorous relationship and then most most people don't know how to do both But given, but given that, 
but given that a lot of women today are born or or raised to be strong, independent women, or we'll say strong, we'll, we'll use the black community as, as an example. So you have a lot of strong, independent black women out here that don't really need a man or essentially think that they don't need a man to do something for them. Don't you think that in that in that sense, in a manner, a polyamorous relationship would be a compromise for them? Like, isn't polyamorous more of like a compromise to womanhood? Candace. My bad. I'm, you know, in the kitchen because the lights don't stop. But um, like I was just saying earlier, you were talking about relationships and, and what you think is important. And like I was just stating before we got to talking about polyamorous relationships. Um, it's not necessary if you have a good family dynamic. You need help, you need finances, all that. If you're good with your appearance, your, your, your siblings, everybody's contributing, you don't need extra parties like that. I was just about to say that, but, you know, we got to talking about this. So, yeah, you would need all that if you had a good unit, family unit. So, as a woman, if, you're, if, if your man would come to you and be like, hey, babe, you know, I, I think that we should bring a third person into our relationship how would you how would you take that i'll say no thank you and keep pushing but do you feel like that that's disrespectful to want to bring another person into a household if do you I feel like i'm breaking up do you feel like it's disrespectful to ask to bring another person into a household when you feel like, or if you feel like you're capable enough to do things the way you've already been doing them. Yeah, like I said before, I do, I wouldn't just say wholeheartedly disrespectful because everybody's entitled to their opinions and how they feel and, you know, supposed to be slow to anger. So, I mean, it's not like I'm going to be like, oh my goodness, you know, you're just so disrespectful. Uh, it'll just be a long noise of me telling you my side. No, you know, I'm good. We're good. And like I said before, I feel like the family dynamic is where that will make up for trying to bring in another human being into the family that's not part of the family. Okay, so do you think that children that are raised in... Okay, so do you... Well, I'll ask this question. Do you believe that children that are raised in households two-parent households, okay, but we'll, we'll say, we'll say uh, a household that has two mothers or a household that has two fathers. Do you think the way that child grows up is different than how a child that has, you know, a mother and a father grows up? I think it really depends well, of on course, that. Of course, it just depends on the parents. Yeah. <laughs> if you got... You got two two husbands, two wives in one household raising children, but yet they're arguing and fighting and, and physically abusing each other, emotionally abusing each other, bringing other parties into the house and all that. It could be a really disastrous thing for a kid because they're seeing not just one, but two families brought together that still have an average life that even just a man and woman would have. Like, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so what what different 
what different morals do you think a child or how do you think that growing up in a household like that would affect a child or relationships a child would have with people? In what aspect? Like, what aspect? <laughs> do, you, do you believe that, you know, in... Okay, so we'll take a... We'll say, for example, a, parent, a child grows up in a, in a domestic household. What, what impact do you think that, ha- that has on the child when he's growing up and trying to develop relationships with other people? Domestic violence? Or just domestic period. <laughs> we'll we'll say domestic violence. Okay. Well, I mean, definitely not gonna be a good environment for that child. They're definitely gonna be torn, especially if both of them are their parents. So they of course love them both, but at the same time, it's gonna be feeling a sense of having to choose one parent over the other. Being the fact, let's say, because women can be abusive to men. So now they're feeling some type of way about their mom putting hands on their dad or vice versa. You know? They're going to feel some type of way. They're going to feel torn. They're going to feel like they have to choose because they're not getting along. So, yeah. Rob? Um, like I said, it really depends on the parents, what they're teaching their kids. Because you can, you, can you can have two two dudes in a relationship and they they not push that type of lifestyle on their kid even though their kid is around it. Their kid can still grow up to be straight, wanna to, wanna to have a nuclear family, all that. So it really it really depends on what values and what uh morals are being taught to the child. I mean, I agree, but I also disagree because just as a kid myself growing up, what I learned is that we learn more about what we see than what we hear. And that's just facts. Your parent can tell you, don't do not do this. What we're doing is wrong, but they're still going to have that thought in their head. Well, if it's so wrong, why y'all doing it? Then they're going to be inquisitive. Why, why are y'all going against us that's wrong and trying to teach me how to be right? That's why some parents will raise their kids with no drugs in the house, no nothing. And then as soon as they get into the world and that first person introduced them to, let's say, weed or, or liquor or whatever, they're going to be inquisitive. They're going to want to try it. They're seeing other people doing it and there's nothing going on with them. So they're going to think it's okay. And then now here we have a whole party of people doing something that they weren't even raised to do. Yeah. I can, I can understand that. But I don't think, I don't think it'll be... Um, oh yeah, I need to try this because I seen so and so do this or so and so do that. You know, I don't, I don't think if you if you raise your child to have a a strong mindset, then I'm pretty sure nine out of ten they're not going to be worried about what the next person is doing. Or I need to try this because my friend said that this is the right this is the right thing to do. So, do, do y'all believe that parents that keep their children, you know, closed from the outside world, you know, you know, like how, I'll say, for example, you know, African parents don't like 
their kids indulging too much in American society. So they keep them in the house and force as much African culture down their throat as potentially possible. Do you think that children that are kind of like shunned from the world or, you know, parents that try to hide what reality is from their kids actually grow up to be more, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, Rebellious than children that, you know, see the world for what it is? Yeah. Yes, 100%. I literally was a child that was shunned from the world, like to the point where my mom still brings it up on how we used to go places and people used to know all these rap songs and all these things that we were never exposed to. Like we never celebrated Halloween. Like we didn't know a lot of stuff. And even like for me growing up, I didn't even lose my virginity until after I got out of high school just because we wasn't raised around even talking about sex or like you know we talked about it, it was just keep your virginity that was it and we weren't exposed to I didn't hang out with friends who exposed me to porn or or talk to me about sex or even if they did and they were doing it like I said I was listening to my people and even for me it was still so long I didn't start hearing about this stuff till I hit high school so I'm already what how many years in 15 years in you know 12 13 14 years in however old I was when I started high school you know, without even having been exposed to that like that. So when it was exposed, it was just like, okay, I'm staring clear. Like I'm, I'm doing me. Like I'm just, I know I'm not into all that. But like I said, once you do get on your own as an adult, it changes because you're still in your parents' house. You still want to make your parents proud, you know, type, the type that I was anyway, you know? So I wasn't into all that. And I was very shunned to the point where my mom would like not even let us outside like that to go have friends outside. And then my dad was the one who would get on her and be like, nah, they need to, you, you sheltering them too much. You need to let them go outside and, and go explore and get friends and learn how to make friends. And this. so, like I said, slowly but surely, I was getting introduced to things, but it wasn't, it didn't take over me like that until I got on my own without my parents right up under my butt and, you know, checking everything I'm doing, seeing me every day, even talking to me every day. So that's how I was able to get away and really start indulging and getting into other shit that I wasn't I had no business getting into, you know. <laughs> but do you do you, would you say that you got into things you had no business getting into because you were so uh sheltered? If you weren't sheltered, maybe you would have seen these things and you would have been like, well, it's not that appealing to me. Exactly. And that's what I'm getting at. I said, yes, at the beginning I was sheltered. But then when my dad came onto the scene, I was just starting like in the, I was in the seventh grade. When my dad came on the scene. And so when he became when he got in my life and he started telling us, like, oh, no, go out and, and even playing these music like he started playing R. Kelly. I would never let my daughter hear R. Kelly super early because, you know, what he was about. So, like, we hear songs like that. And my mom will be on the other hand, though, like. No, listen to this Christian stuff. Listen to these oldies, like, you know, this type of stuff like that. So I had a balance, if you will, of both. So, but that didn't happen until I got into middle school. And then going into high school, like I said, I'm just two years in getting introduced to this stuff, but still getting that balance from my mom and my father and starting to make friends and starting like, but I was very shied away from even wanting to get to know people. Even one, I was literally a loner. Like I knew a lot of people, but I didn't. So people, a lot of people didn't know me. Let's put it that way. So I wasn't, I don't know how to explain it. I wasn't just like, ooh, intrigued and like, ooh. But because I was sheltered and because I was 
taught the right stuff until my dad came on the scene. <laughs> you know what I mean? That I guess I had a good understanding of both, if you will. To where, yeah, when I got left alone, it was just like, okay, you're free to do whatever you want at this point. So pick and choose your battles as you're going through life type thing. Yeah. And just seeing other people I... not, like I said, seeing other people not, let's say, somebody pop a pill. And it's like, oh, okay, well, they didn't die. They didn't trip out. They didn't, so it's not just as bad as it, is, as it seems to be as my mom made it to me growing up. You know what I mean? Like that. But then my dad's like, you know, telling me after I got older, oh, yeah, I smoke and I do this and I... Okay, well then you there was definitely ain't nothing wrong with with drugs, you know, like that. But as you get older, you understand why it is something wrong with it, you know, in a sense. Oh, I see. I see. I mean, I see. I see your way, but I feel like if if you don't start teaching your kids, talking, you can you can shelter your kids all you want, but if you don't sit and talk to them and explain to them about the world, then you know even though they're sheltered and once they get out into the world, even as teenagers, they're going to be naive to everything. So they're going to be easily persuaded and things of that nature. Like I didn't go out a lot. I mean, I went outside, but I didn't go to the movies. I didn't go to the mall. I didn't do none of that shit with any of my friends. You know what I'm saying? But all, all it did, all it did for her was just, Help me learn to be a, a a smooth talker when it came to my to my dad. Oh, I can say this and this, and he'll and he'll rock with it because he, you know, he think I'm doing one thing, but I'm actually doing something else. You know what I'm saying? Like it helps you be better a better liar. Learn learn how to learn how to be sneaky and things of that nature. Now, as far as the what the original question was about the two parent household thing like i said it it really depends it really depends because if they're so pro lgb lgbtqia then um you know like i like like for example i seen a video of this lady she's pro lgbt right and um she has a son. She's saying and she's speaking into her son, I want a gay son. You're gonna be gay. Like that type of mindset is poisonous. Why not just let the child be what the child's gonna be? You know? Why is it in schools or in the public library that your child can pick up a book and learn about sex or learn about gay sex or any like anything sexual outside of the medical field in in graphic detail in your school library you know so as long as parents whether they're gay or not if you're not pushing that type of mindset onto your child and you actually want your child to be a child and then once they get of age and they can they can decipher on their own that okay this is how I'm feeling let me talk to my parents see what see what they say and if you're understanding as a parent then you know you shouldn't have no issues with a same sex two parent household and you know you shouldn't have those those conflicting 
ideologies in your household. That's a big thing right there because people who don't, like parents, like you say, if it's a two-parent household and you got one parent preaching one thing and another parent preaching another thing, that's also conflicting to a child too. So having a that unit and the parents on the same page with teaching their ch- children, like I said, my mom was one way and my dad was another. So yes, it was a little more of a balance, but at the same time, I think I would have had a better understanding and a better like outlook on things whenever bad things, you know, like you say, poisonous things. Like if somebody were to come to me like, oh no, you should, you should love girls. Like girls is where it's at. And I would have had that like, no, my mom and my dad was like, no, you know, that ain't right. Like I understand if you fall into that, but at the same time, just always know that ain't right. Or my, instead of having one parent be like, oh, it's, it's cool. And never say it's not right. And then my mom's like, girl, you better not ever, you know, (laughs) like, So now I got conflicting morals that is getting instilled into me. So now I don't know whether I'm right or wrong. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. As a send off, we'd like to say a quick prayer. Lord God, we thank you first and foremost for all that you do, have done, and will do in our lives. Thank you for your grace, favor, love and mercy we pray that your spirit operates through us and that your blessings fall over everyone listening in jesus name amen yeah thank you so much ladies and gentlemen (laughs) unfortunately that is the end of the show (laughs) yeah we're signing out just my man chin holes in the building too uh spacks on the beat by the way yeah, yeah, blow that trumpet again. Let me hear it. Hey, <laughs> I love it. All right, peace out.